things could get tough all over. But when we sing that song, we understand that we are a special people. We are children of God, and God has declared time we obeyed the gospel through his son Jesus Christ his son said he will be with us always <coughs> even to the end of the world but he made that stipulation if we do whatsoever he has commanded us to do I have to say and each time I get up here to speak, I feel like I'm humbled to speak in the place of David. And you know the Bible talks about giving honor to whom honor is due. I keep thinking about how long David has been with us and how long he's held this congregation together and how he has continued in sound doctrine. And I know that he has struggles because the Bible says if any one of us uh, would live godly, we're going to have problems and we're going to suffer persecution. Jesus also told his disciples to let not their hearts be troubled. Jesus said, if you believe in God, he said, believe also in me. He said, there is a house that belongs to my Father up above. And he said, in that house are many mansions. And I don't know if we should take it literally that there's a, just a massive condo of apartments that each and every one of us is going to have our own and we shouldn't even be worried about it because God has built one big enough. But I believe that just hearing about heaven is not about separation, it's about togetherness. And I don't think there's going to be any mansions and a bunch of houses for us because we won't have time to be living separate. We're going to be living with God. Also, uh, I just, uh, my wife and I, uh, just got back from Maryland uh, visiting our daughter uh, Phoebe and her husband. And our son Paul met us up there with his uh, friend. My wife, you definitely make sure you let everybody know that she's just a friend. I messed around and told somebody that Paul is, is in, in, in engaging her. And my wife said, don't mention that word, engaging. She said, they're just friends, so I had to remember that. You know, I thank God for our wives. You know, they, they uh, kind of halfway keep us in shape. You know, we use the wrong words and people get the wrong impression. But my <laughs> Paul is not engaged, and, but he uh, is uh, good friends with a young Christian lady. And I ask that y'all will pray for him and that uh, 
consummate this friendship through their conscientiousness of what the Bible teaches and that uh, it was God's will. So one day, and I remember before I got married to Jean, I really found out what loneliness was. And I remember in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that God looked out at Adam and said it's not good for man to be alone. But nevertheless, tonight we are going to talk about something that Dave kind of spent uh, uh, quite a bit of time talking about in uh, one of his uh, lessons in his sermon. And he was talking about peace. And right now with all the concerns about what's happening in the world, we seems that when the Bible says that things are going to wax worse and worse, we just wonder how bad can things get. But we have to remember that God is always going to be on his throne. And I don't care how many uh, positions there are on this earth, the Lord has the final answer. And his throne, his throne, and the one that uh, Jesus is sitting on, the Bible talks about is being forever. And all of these things that are, are, are hindering us from being at peace, the Bible says that all of those things are going to pass away. But the word of God in heaven will not pass away, but will stand forever. So tonight, I want to talk a little bit more about peace. There is no way that there can be a good relationship when there's no peace. The Bible says that a house divided shall not stand. But the word peace has a lot to do with what Jesus promised his disciples. He said, I'm going to leave you with peace. And just as Jesus wanted his disciples to know that the peace that he was talking about is not the peace that the world looks at and thinks that all it means is when I get home, my wife is not going to be nagging. I'm not going to be burdened down with the problems of my job all day long. And I'm not going to be concerned about what's going on in Washington, D.C. And I'm not going to be concerned about that which is going on among my best friends, my family. And that's why the Jesus said that a man should leave his mother and father and he shall be joined together with his wife and they shall be one flesh. The 
key word there is oneness. And I don't care how nice your mother and your father is, but if you're still under their roof, something is going to always cause a division of that peace. So God spoke concerning the church that we, that desire to be God's people. We have to realize that we have to separate ourselves from everything and everybody. And we are to be joined together with Christ and one flesh. And when we become joined together in one flesh, then what that means is we should have the desire and we should have the wisdom to remain together and remain in oneness. And uh, that oneness creates peace. Paul wrote in the book of Philippians beginning at verse Philippians 4, beginning at verse number 7. He said, the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts. That's what we have to do is to make sure that when we become children of God, we need to really keep our hearts the heart is that part of the body that stores all the things that we think about, the things that we want to think about, the things that we desire. And the Bible says that our heart can be sometimes evil, and it can be sometimes good. But the Bible says that the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep our hearts. There's nothing that temporal that doesn't need maintenance. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that we have been made subject to vanity, empty things. He subjected us to those things that we might look to him for hope. And there is no hope when there is no peace. Paul said that the peace of God who passes all understanding shall keep our hearts and our minds through Jesus Christ. Now Paul says in Philippians 4 and verse number 9, Paul solidifies what he said in verse number 7. Paul said, those things which you have learned and received of me. And Paul had a right to boast because Paul was a faithful servant of God. Paul said, those things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, that's what we need to do. 
We need to do that if we want the peace of God. And he said, and the God of peace shall be with us. So in verse number 7, he talks about the peace of God. Then he talks about in verse number 9, the God of peace. As we continue on, we find in Romans chapter 5 and verses 1 through 4. Paul said, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation. And that's a hard thing for the people of the world to understand. And sometimes it's even hard for us to understand because we sometimes become complainers because things are so tough. And we never seem to remember what Jesus went through. It had to be very tough for him to go through the things that he went through. And when we come together around the Lord's table, it reminds us of all of the suffering that Jesus went through. And I don't even need to start naming them because it sometimes makes me a little bit teary-eyed when I'm speaking. sometimes we complain because times get tough. But we should always have some comfort and we should always have some peace when we remember that Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Jesus said, don't be concerned about all of the problems that are here on earth because I'm going away to prepare a place for you that's 100% different than here we're going to be with my father. And we will be with him forever and ever and ever. Amen. Paul continues to say that by whom also we have access by faith unto the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You know, when, when, when we're studying the scriptures and we think about the joy that's ahead of us if we remain faithful, we can rejoice in that glory. And it should change us to the point to where we need to live for God. Because right now, mankind is living for themselves. And sometimes we fall short of thinking about one another. But Paul said we need to stand and we need to rejoice in the hope and the glory of God. So not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation works patience. You know, everything that happens to us, we need to learn to wait on the Lord. And in waiting on the Lord, we need to learn that there's some things we need to do before we start waiting on the Lord. 
Now we know that the Bible says that God uh, has uh, given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. But the Bible also teaches us that we need to be a patient people. We can't be a people that want what we want right now. And we can't be rude to other people because we are not satisfied with them for not satisfying us. For Paul also said that tribulation work in patience and patience experience. The reason why there are so many faces that are here this evening that have been at this congregation for a long time cause of our experience. I speak for myself that in the 30 plus years that I've been in this congregation, I've seen so many of the promises of God. And I can rejoice, even if nobody else rejoices. I can rejoice because I know in whom I believe. And I don't have to worry about how bad things are for me. Because there's always someone that has it worse. So I really need to appreciate it because, you know, I don't want to sound like uh, uh, a Pharisee. But God has blessed me even with these bad wheels that I have and this bad fat. And my wife won't tell me, but I know I'm losing my mind. But at the same time, I know that there are some other folks that are worse off than me. And I need to really thank God that he has had mercy upon me. And I need to also thank God that he has promises for me and everyone else. That all we have to do is continue until the end. But in that continuation, we should always do things that make for me. There's so much confusion in the world we can't even understand which way we're going because we're so busy looking behind to see what's behind us. Now the Bible teaches us to lay aside all of those weights that so easily beset us. And you know when a runner is running a race, he can't have any people he's worried about the people in the stands while he's running. He can't worry about the person behind him that might catch up. You know why? Because God looks at us in this race to not worry about who gets there fastest, but the one that finishes. And we need to be a people that care and have concerns for the other people in the race because if we all make it to the finish line, we're all going to get the same prize. And you know that's a pitiful thing. We're all trying to get to heaven. But we're knocking everybody else around on our way as if there's something that we're going to get and we're going to be the only one to get it. And look what our Lord got. And he finished the race. And all he's asking is that we suffer with him. Not go through everything. You know, we, you know, we need to remember also in, in, in the book of Hebrews that we have not suffered the things that Jesus suffered. We might never come to that point where we even come close. So we don't need to be whining about suffering. We need to learn 
to be able to handle some things without losing our faith and losing our focus. The Bible says, and knowing that tribulation work with patience, and patient experience and experience hope. Now the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, that so then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And to be in a church for many, many years and hearing and constantly hearing the word of God, we should never lose our hope. So we need to always be a peaceable people, be at peace so that our minds can function properly and we can do the right thing. And we can also remember that the Bible says that we need to, 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 to seek peace. That word seek means every time you wake up in the morning, just be ready and willing to show the world that God is a God of peace. And he has sanctified and <laughs> saved us for us to be some peaceable people. Many times, nothing uh, that we do can please all of the people. But the things that we do, that God requires us to do, will please Him and He will take care of the rest. Many times we fail to understand that we, we need to use our spiritual knowledge in order to accomplish spiritual things. And where do we get our spiritual knowledge from? We get our spiritual knowledge from the Word of God. And if we don't have it, James said that we need to learn to pray for it. God will not have us ignorant of anything that's in the Scripture. But James said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to but let him ask in faith. We need to believe that if God wants us to accomplish something. And if we don't know how to accomplish it, it's not God's fault. Because he's given us the word. And James said, we lack it, ask God. And he is glad to give it to us. And not only that, you know, sometimes when our children ask us for things, you know, we really need to get down to business and, and, and try to make sure that we give them the things that they need. But sometimes we kind of let them know, you know, you, know, you really don't deserve this, but you know, I want to give it to you anyway. But that's not the way God works. The Bible says God upbraided not. And the Bible says it shall be given to that person. But he said it shall be given if he does what? Ask in what? Ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. 
Publix, 
everything he did bring home. And they said, son, this is the only thing you can eat. And then I'm still not satisfied. But yet still, I'm going to listen to this, this old servant that called God a liar. I know it's hard to say it. The devil called God a liar. But the devil asked, you know, what's, what's, what's this relationship with you and God? What has he said to you? And, and, and Eve explained everything to him, just like God has said. And you know what the devil did? <laughs> he said, ye shall not surely die. James goes on to say, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. You know, God spoke from heaven. And if you don't believe it was pure, the words that he spoke, you go back and read the book of Genesis, everything the Bible said that God did it through just speaking. And it was so That's who I want to listen to, and I don't need to listen to one who has been run out of him. And all of those things that the Satan committed in the Garden of Eden is the same thing that made it tough for us today. But guess what? God knew that at the time it was to come. He was going to make things right for me. And that's love. You know that judge that sits on that bench boy when he sends you to life in prison and he, don't, he forgets who you are. And the system that they really don't try to make inmates uh, better so that they can go back into society, they might be able to uh, get better rather than worse. But God is a God of God is a God of third chance. And God is a God that preaches. If your brother offends you, and you ask him, how many times should I forgive him? And he said, 70 times seven. Rather than seven. That means you have given that person a second chance. And that is the God that helps us to see the peace of being with God. God is not willing that any of us should perish, but that we should all should come to repentance. And one of these things that we should change our mind about is God is God of peace. And if he is a God of peace, he is the one that has to offer that peace because we just can't understand it. tell you one thing. We can understand that God keeps his word. And if he says that he's a God of peace, we need to listen to him. We need to obey him. We need to live the way he commands us to live. You know, Paul said that he was the chief of sinners. Well, if he was the chief, I'm second. 
your Bible combines joy and peace. And I, I, I don't know how many of you have come after my wife and I came. But ever since I've been here, this congregation has been one that is concerned about one another. And I'll tell you what, it makes it so easy. It makes it so easy to be around people that have that light, precious faith. And that's our duty. Jesus said that he gave us a new commitment that we love one another. And all of that stuff that happened in the Old Testament, the Bible said that we love one another. That fulfills all of the love. So if we as God people, if we want to have peace, and we want to meet our Lord in peace, then we need to be a people of peace. The Bible says to seek after peace and it's ensue it. It's just like going out there and looking for something, you know, and then when you find it, you, you don't feel like running over there and grabbing. But the Bible says seek peace, and when you seek it, the Bible says go after it. And it's not going to run from you. The Lord has placed it there for you to seek and to go and grab it because he's made it available to us because he's promised it to us. So let us think about not worrying about all the things that we, we wake up to in the morning. We got a job, we need to go and do our job. The Lord said, man, you need to should not work. The Bible says that when we go on our jobs, we need to respect those that have authority over us. All of that makes for peace. You know, we go out into the world, or we are out there with the world, and when we act like them, we are not helping them to learn what peace is all about. Now, if you've been out there with the world and they never ask you, why are you that way? You need to check your soul. Your people are going to know the difference between us and them. The Bible says that let your light so shine before men that they will see you with work and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And the Bible says that we are the salt of the earth. We are to season the world. But if we can't season the world, then we're good for nothing. Because if we're trying to save the world, we can't even save ourselves. So let us remember that God is a God of peace. He's promised us peace, but there are some stupid We need to be a people Whatever the Bible talks to us about in peace, we need to find it and we need to pursue it and we need to grab a hold of it because that's part of the whole of eternal life. If you're here and you feel that you're not living a peaceable life and it seems like things are always out of sorts and there is no peace. You know, there are those of God's people that can take this Bible show you that there's peace to be had and there's peace to be promised. And the peace of God will help you to be a better person and it help you faith. But you have to be willing to change your lifestyle through repentance and wanting to learn God's word and find out uh, how to be at peace among yourselves and with one another and be at peace with God. 
Jesus went to the cross. He died so that we might have peace. You know, when that day comes and we are left here on earth to burn up with the rest of the world, that's going to be the worst situation ever. There's not going to be any peace. The Bible talks about wailing and gnashing of teeth. And the Bible talks about being in darkness and being in torment. And it doesn't just stop there and say, forever. So why don't we seek the peace that God offers through the death, burial of the Son and the resurrection? We have to believe that. We have to change our heart if we are going to be a people of God when we fall. We need to confess our sins to the Lord and confess that we believe in Him. And we need to be cleaned up so we can be fit for Him to really, really, really give us that peace that he offers. And we do that through continual obedience so that when he calls our name, we can walk up in the air and we'll grab us and take us right there. And then when we get there, all of the things that we had to go through to get there, we won't have to go through them anymore. Because all our sorrows and all of our pain and all of our suffering and all of this death and memorial and sickness, all of that stuff